Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 249. I'm your host, still getting over a cold. Mike Hafts, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always. Cowabunga, motherfucker. They would be burning time with that. Yeah. And uh, wondering where the sensor button is. <laughs> Do we have one? We clearly don't, because I've been doing that for many episodes. Sure. Uh, so, how are we doing? How's things been? What are we Pretty good. I am uh, almost certainly going into the final level of Atelier Sophie 2 in a moment. That's been an odyssey of a game for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I hit the point where the screen flashes up a big, very obvious, this is a point of no return sign on Monday. Nice. And hmm. I've been spending all the time since then making sure I have all of the best equipment possible <laughs> and mm-hmm. finishing up as many uh, items as, po- um, as I can make just to see how if I can finish out the trophy list first. Oh. Eh, that's good on you. I figure I've got like three or four more items to unlock and I've got all the equipment now and maxed out everybody's relationship levels and stuff. Well, that's good. I assume you'll be probably doing a review of that. Yeah. Sweet. I'm excited. I have to eat crow about a game I talked about and was wrong about. Eat crow, eat crow, eat crow. Which one? Not Horizon. No, that game sucks. Um, <clears throat> so, I talked about how triangle strategy is this oh, nice, yeah. this nice, shit get hit. this nice little more lighthearted tactics ogre type game and then i saw the lovely blood pooling animation they put in the game a few dozen times and um yeah no no so did the story take a turn or did you just suck at a fight uh no the story took several turns uh prominent main characters murdered good um good yeah you wouldn't be attacked Shit RPG if they didn't I mean, I'm gonna say that sounds fairly traditional for the genre. I mean, Wheels, sure, yes. Wheels was hoping for lighthearted, or at least expecting it. Uh, I mean, it presented itself. It presents itself that way early on, and you're just like, "Oh, you're fighting bandits," and you know, maybe I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, and then stuff happens. No, you don't have to make any sort of horrific choice like you do early on in Tactics Ogre, but... Um, don't worry, the horror comes to you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's somewhere, as in terms of, like, shit that's going on, it's somewhere in between, like, Fire Emblem and uh, Tactics Ogre. So, it's good stuff. I think uh, that's what's happening in... Uh, that's what's happening in FF Tactics as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's very, very good. Um, the The combat definitely will give you like tactics over Final Fantasy Tactics vibes, with a mix of like Octopath Traveler. Uh, there's not Does like it have a job system. 
does not have a job system. It doesn't have a lot of character customization and upgrades you can buy are pretty expensive for characters. And they're just like, oh, this mage character does more f damage with their fire spells. That puts them into more chess piece territory. Yeah, so I it's... I was thinking more like um, Vandal Hearts. Yeah, that's, prob that's, that's probably about accurate. <laughs> also um, a game with some surprising brutality right around yeah. the point where a skeleton starts uh, bleeding uh, but I've, I've started to get some extra characters that aren't like necessarily story characters like there's these stories prompts you can get and yeah there's like extra... I was playing the tutorial and it's just like oh there's story areas and there are non-story areas yeah uh, but so far can you walk around town though you can't well no, I wouldn't say you can walk around town there are certain points in the story they call them investigations where you have to like walk around and talk to people and or you can just i think all of them you can pretty much just leave immediately and continue on in the story but if you walk around you can find, shining force in there though yeah you can find items and important information and like it's recruit joker which could be uh important at certain story points when you're making decisions uh if you're lacking like certain information, you won't be able to convince characters that you should do different things. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, uh, and this is only one happened once, but there's this whole like decision mechanic where it's like you, as the main character, aren't making the decision. You're leaving it to like your party to make the decision, but you can try and convince them to change their minds and you can like, influence them. Yeah. So and like the decisions you make through the game and obviously the information you potentially have can like make or break those um does it have those, any uh, mechanics things. uh sorry. Go, go ahead i was just gonna say those de those decisions and the information you get can make or break whether or not you can change different characters minds if you have your heart set on one path or another and the first choice was pretty big it was like do you want to go visit this country, this kingdom, or there are the other three kingdom. countries. Which of them are you visiting yes. now? But I mean, that's obviously that presents two completely different chapters. So yeah, is there is there like a mechanic similar to like the Wheel of Fortune, like Tactics Ogre remake mechanic, where you could kind of go back to some of these decisions and branch not, them out, or not that I've seen so far. Oh boy, that's gonna. People are going to have a job replaying this one. Yeah. But, uh, it does look like it would be pretty painless to replay and get that, get to, not not in terms of like the battles will still be hard, but like skipping cutscenes is quick. You can fast yeah. forward through scenes quickly. Uh, yeah, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think you might be able to like switch the difficulty on the fly too, so you can always like turn it. Mm -hmm start on easy and then when you get to where you want to go turn it up to whatever difficulty you want to be on i yeah. think don't nobody quote me on that <laughs> i'm quoting that i'm right i'm i'm chiseling that into a stone right now uh i do uh find myself appreciating that like uh like whatever whatever i may think of bravely default in general i think bravely default 2 feels like a better game but uh, you know, it does feel like they improved since then. But I feel like one thing that I do appreciate about Team Asano's games is just that, in general, uh, they haven't—they've resisted the temptation, both within Square and within the team, to 
try to push them into an unsustainably high budget territory like they do with a lot of yeah. the other games. So like these games actually uh, come out consistently and you know, like that's why we can get this and other HD two D games all coming out in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this game does look very nice. Yeah. And it will definitely like give you the vibes you want. Like if you come in here looking for those because they were never going to make an FF Tactics style game, yeah, with the kind of budget that like uh, their big games get. So, oh god, what the what the hell was? That? We're going to have to talk about this later. But I'm trying to remember what that thing they announced today was with the terrible name. Yeah, weirdo name uh, Chronicles: The Chronicling. It, it had the I mean, it had like Dio in it. Oh, different, different game with a odd name. Okay. Yeah, no, this was from the state of play. We'll we'll get to this. Yeah. Dio fell. Dio Field Chronicles. Yeah, that's it. The, whatever. Yeah, we'll whatever name. Um, but yeah, don't I'm imploring people. Please do not sleep on Triangle Strategy. I do not want to see this game bomb because it's wonderful. And uh, mm-hmm. I want more games like this, please. Give me. Yep, I'll be picking up my copy with my first paycheck, which nice. should be on Tuesday. So. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's a hi- highly recommended. I'm trying to think of any other things I can say about it. Um, oh, I was just going to say, like, so far all the characters I've gotten have been like unique. I haven't. There's other than like a ice mage and a fire mage there's everyone's like unique like i have a um, <clears throat> i have a uh, an archer that flies around on a bird uh i have a healer and i just got a healer that rides on a horse that has different healing abilities than the other healer uh see the main character and like his i don't want to, i don't think he's a butler but i'm gonna call him a butler uh, are both like sword type characters, but they one has offensive abilities, and like the butler guy has buffs. Mm. So even though they they seem like the same sort of melee type character, they their abilities are different. And you also get a guy on a horse, a knight knightish type guy, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, and you have a spy that gets that can then do two actions a turn instead of one, which is exceptionally useful. And they can also turn invisible. I'd say almost broken, but okay. That's... Well, they can't do a lot of damage, but yeah, the game seems to be quite broken. hard, especially on the mode wheels. Is actually, oh yes, on. yes. Uh, <laughs> I've already had to replay a few battles that I failed. Uh, one involved one's one of those classic ones where it's like you don't have to kill anything you have to get a character to one of these squares so I just kind of cheated my way through as much as I could (laughs) Uh, the the nice thing though is um, if you fail in a battle you like keep the experience you gained in the first run through so if you keep if you get if you get like stuck on a battle, you're actually going to keep gaining experience, and eventually you'll make it through. So, I, I think that's a nice touch. 
so you'll never necessarily really get hard stuck anywhere so <clears throat> no, it's, it's 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 really very good and it honestly has pulled me away from Elden Ring for a bit which I'm still playing and it's still which is impressive absolutely fantastic so <clears throat> but man yeah I keep itching to go back and see where the story's going and <clears throat> see what new characters they get and whatnot it's it's quite impressive hmm. really hoping people don't sleep on it so yeah, I've, been, <laughs> I've been exerting uh influence upon my brother who was a big uh ff tactics fan back in the day like this is probably the kind of game you want to be playing certainly sounds uh, like it yeah Yep, uh, and yeah, like I said, I'll be picking it up. I haven't played too much game. I've been getting used to the work routine, and that's been understandable. So it takes, yeah, it takes some getting used to, but I'm getting, I'm getting into the swing of things, so I should be back to back to maximum gamer sometime in the next week or so. Uh, but my copy of Dot Hack GU Last Recode shipping. Nice. Did it actually ship? Just, uh, it just, it just, it got just they took my money. Okay, I, I'm good. just saying they took my money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a slight freak out this morning, which I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what caused me to have to check, and I'm like, oh no, yeah. that, they have taken my money, buddy. Uh, let's see, but yeah, uh, that's happening. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, um, oh, chat and from chaos in my channel. Uh, will Square Enix ever be satisfied with the sales, though? I mean, I think they've been pretty level-headed with the sales for these sorts of games. They considered Octopath a pretty big success at like two million. Yeah. So oh, yeah, we're not dealing with American companies' sense of what should be a success. Yeah. No, I. I, th- I mean, old school. Well, not old school, but like Square about ten years ago was. Uh, fuck wild and what they were expecting out of everything. Uh, and then they kind of learned from everything that happened to them because of that. Well, also they, they, uh, they had a change in CEO, uh, which is also probably a big part of that. But yeah, uh, they, they seem to expect these to sell like yeah, probably a million or so. And I think that's, that's, I think that's an achievable goal for triangle strategy. If they, if, word of mouth spreads for it the way that it ought to. Um, yeah, I, I'm, it's, it's nice that it's, we can get these kinds of like mid-budget games where even if it doesn't sell to expectations, no one took a bath on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah. Um, I should be monitoring the Twitch chat and everything around. Well. <coughs> um but yeah, uh, but yeah, last recode. That's that's gonna be coming sometime next week, and yeah. I'll probably hundred percent all those games again. Nice. So I've done that in the past more than once. What? I really like Dot Hack to you. Same. Uh, I do have to talk about what I'm playing real quick because Square, oh, yeah, yeah. Square Enix actually gave me early access to the not that's not what I'm playing now. This is actually out now, but they gave me early access to try out uh, season two of uh, Final Fantasy First Soldier, First Soldier, the Battle Royale, mm-hmm. uh, which added some nice tweaks and additions, including like 
Bahumet randomly casting Mega Flare <laughs> at points during the match, which is pretty cool. Just to, just to just to add some spice here. Spice thing up spice things up, yeah. But they put in a bunch of bunch more like cool costumes and stuff and I just saw today they added like a Yuffie costume to the shop, so um That's how you do it. Yeah, it's it's a fun little mobile battle royale and I hope they keep tweaking and updating it and uh uh, I've been pretty pleasantly surprised with it so far, and um, mm-hmm. they just, the battle pass for season two uh, is a lot better than the one for season one, which I don't think I even bought because it had the same problem that the Halo Infinite multiplayer one did, where yeah, this is technically a battle pass, but I don't actually want anything here. This is all garbage. Yeah, Halo Infinite. I feel like. It sounds like it's kind of also being done in that seasons are longer than usual for these things. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that gets fixed. But uh... Oh, yeah. Didn't the Chocobo GP come out as well? I think that's uh, tomorrow. I think it's the 10th. Oh, yeah. They really slam together perhaps too much. Probably. Perhaps they should not have done quite so much. Yeah, but I need I need to try that out as well. They they're gonna have like a light version of it. Yeah, so yeah. that looks fun. Free to play, baby. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, but this, yeah uh, this game is fun. Although I almost wonder if they should just like, uh, they should have just made like a all around Final Fantasy battle royale instead of something specific to Final Fantasy VII. But whatever. You know that eventually it's going to morph into that. Oh, probably. You'll get your fucking Terra costume eventually. Yes. <laughs> Terra Royale. That feels like kind of the opposite of what Terra as a character wants. Like, just conceptually. Listen, like the one thing none I'll of this give... is supposed to make sense, okay? I'm just saying, like, the, the thing that I'll give First Soldier is that this is 100% something Shinra would do. Yes, and they totally tried to fit it in as something, like, that would actually fit 25 in 25 years before, and, yeah, like, it, it 100% makes sense that, like, Shinra was just like, all you fuckers try to kill each other. Well, I think it's supposed to be, like, a simulation as well, but yeah. Still basically the kind of thing they would do. Oh, for sure. The only reason that they wouldn't just have people actually kill each other is that they want more than one soldier at the end of it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, I, I respect them finding a way to fit it in the lore in a way that actually does feel thematically appropriate. Yeah. Where something like uh, just an all Final Fantasy Battle Royale would be kind of more thematically confused. Not that that matters too much for a cash grab, but at least this is a cash grab with some degree of dignity. <laughs> I mean, Dissidia. Yeah. Speaking of cash grabs with no degree look. of dignity. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Oh god, that wasn't a person. Uh, I once got, I once talked to, got into an online discussion that involved people getting very, very mad at me for saying that the city on PSP is not a good fighting game. It's a fun game. It's, it's a bad fighting game. Yeah, I would never call it a good fighting game, and I like the game. 
Yeah. Uh, its mechanics are weird as shit. It's not even the problem. Like yeah. once you understand them, it's just like it's, it's kind of rock and sock and robots for a lot in a lot of ways. Uh, shit! Somebody has a Yuffie costume. Oh god! Uh, steal it! I don't think it works like that, unfortunately. Imagine how pissed people would get. Uh, but yeah, um, for everyone who likes uh, good RPGs from P the PS2 era, please consider investing in that HackGU last recode on your console of choice. It's uh, extremely cheap on PS4 and Steam, yeah. uh, basically all the time. And now it's going to be on Switch. I just I love it so much. It's so good. Um, let's see. Uh, beyond that, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, so there's some there's some news today. Do we care about any of it? <laughs> I mean, I care about the. Uh... God, why can't I remember that name of that game now? The House Marquee game. Oh, the, Returnal, the Returnal, yes, the Returnal expansion. updates, yeah. Isn't it like a full expansion? It seems like it, but I don't think it's, I think it's free. They gave it like a subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> but they're adding co-op, and they're adding like some kind of other mode to it. Seems pretty cool. It seems like it'll make it a bit of a stronger overall package. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some other stuff that I'd be excited for in essentially any other circumstance. Uh, let's rip the Band-Aid off. They announced a Valkyrie profile thing? Mm -hmm. A thing. Called uh, Valkyrie Elysium. Mm -hmm. And I was very excited when I hadn't actually looked into what it was and found that Tri-Ace is not making it. Yeah, that's the first thing I noticed people were commenting on. It's like, oh, we don't see Trice's name on this anywhere. Yeah, it is. Uh, the press release says it's being made by a company called Soleil Games. Uh, spelled like the French word. Uh, the only... Yeah. Uh, so Soleil, in the past, has made a Naruto MOBA. Gross. And... They, uh, they made that Samurai Jack game that came out inexplicably in the late 2010s. Uh, long after the cartoon had both been revived and reconcluded. <laughs> nice. And they have a couple of other things that are due out, no, none of which I have ever heard of. Uh... Oh, yeah, and they also made something called Ninjala, which I posed to Wheels, but I didn't know what it was, and he said it's that free-to-play game on Switch, and I said that doesn't narrow it down at all. It's a free-to-play ninja game. Okay. Still not I've narrowing it down that much. But yeah, it, it's it's a company that, like, this. there is nothing to say this game won't be good, but I am now unequivocally much less interested in it on site. I need to see a lot more of it to care. <laughs> Fair enough. Apparently Triace was busy putting all of their efforts into Star Ocean 6. But, yeah, so there, there is a Valkyrie profile-ish thing. Uh, 
So we'll see on that. I Hopefully it's good, but I'll see. I wouldn't even trust it to be good coming from Triace, but I would trust it to be interesting, which I can't feel like I can trust as of now. <laughs> uh, like, Soleil does not seem like a bad contract developer, but I, I know very little about their work except the, the stuff that they have made has been very... Uh, due to the nature of the contract work they seem to have taken up, it has been categorically largely unambitious. So we'll see what they end up doing with this. Um, so that's coming to PS4, PS5, and PC. Uh, there's They announced some stuff that wasn't RPGs that are cool. I think we're at least a third of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast at this stage. So. Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection. All the games. 13 Ninja Turtles games. All four NES games, both arcade games. Uh, both Super Nintendo games, both uh, Mega Drive games, and all three Game Boy games. All in one package. It's fairly ambitious right there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of games. Uh, you get all three versions of Tournament Fighters. You can remember why there are two of them you don't play. Uh, you can you get both the arcade and Super Nintendo versions of Turtles in Time, so you can remember why the Super Nintendo version is actually an improvement. Uh, you get uh, the weird Game Boy game that's a weird pseudo-Metroidvania, Radical Rescue. You get the NES sequel to the first arcade game, Manhattan Project, that's never been re-released at any stage. Oh, that's actually worth the mission. Yeah, I guess I think it's like forty bucks. Like honestly, for all these games plus a bunch of like it's it's being made by Digital Eclipse, who does, who did like the first Mega Man Legacy Collection. They did the recent uh, Disney uh, Lion King Jungle Book Aladdin collection has like both versions of Aladdin and. A bunch of like production art that's really fascinating because they they put that that collection fascinating because it has a uh it has a pre-release CES demo of the Genesis Aladdin from when the game was like six months out and that means was maybe half done and so they're they're a company that has a very good track record for produce including a lot of very interesting production art and notes. Uh, short of M2, it's probably the best company you could have hoped to see on a project of this nature. Congrats on winning. Cool. Thank you. But yeah, so. Cowabunga Collection, that looks cool as shit. Uh, and it's coming to everything, it's just coming to everything. Uh, as is common, it, like, the, so a lot, all these announcements came from Sony's State of Play, which is their, like, Nintendo Direct analog. And as it, they have taken up Nintendo's handbook of you just put your logo at the end of the trailer and then let Implication do the talking. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, almost everything announced with, that wasn't Returnal was coming to everything. Uh, there was the previously alluded to the Deal Field Chronicle. It is seemingly trying to hit that same, like, what budget can we put behind a tactical RPG uh, and, like, make a decent profit thing that Triangle Strategy is also doing, it looks uglier. <laughs> it also looks weird as hell. Yeah. Aesthetically, it's it... 
it doesn't necessarily mean anything because I've played some really wonderful weird as hell games. Yeah, it, mechanically this looks weird. Okay, let's good. Okay, it's like partially real time. Partly real time, and it's like it doesn't appear to be grid based. Okay. So it definitely is different. Uh, aesthetically, it sort of looks like what if Fire Emblem was lower budget. Uh, but it, it could be interesting. Apparently, it comes out this year, and it's also coming to everything. Uh, let's see, what else was there? There's like a re-release of a JoJo fighting game from like eight years ago. That is it okay? Is it Dino oh. Crisis game not called Dino Crisis? It's called like Exoprian or something. Exoprimal. Exoprimal, that's what it was. Like, is that the same thing that like Capcom announced uh, like a year or so ago at the PS5 launch, or is this a different? Maybe thing? I don't know. I saw someone on Twitter on Twitter describing it as like, "There's tornadoes of dinosaurs, and you anime dudes getting mechs and fight them, and it actually looks kind of fun." Yeah, it's <laughs> totally ridiculous. Me, yeah, this is coming to everything that it can feasibly fit on, which means PS4, PS5, PC, Xbox, and Series X. It sounds like it's maybe a little too ambitious for the Switch. Maybe we'll see it on the successor of the Switch. Uh, but in any case, uh, this, I would not be surprised if maybe this started as a Dino Crisis game and then turned into something unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh,. Like, Dino Crisis was always kind of a confused, uh, always kind of a confused, uh, IP in terms of what its relevance was in the grand scheme of things. Uh, if you were to ask me, though, the second that they decided this wasn't a horror game, it ceased to be a Dino Crisis game if it was, if it was ever pitched as one. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, the last thing they announced was a Gundam hero shooter. So. Weird. That's something. State of play, and the state is currently weird. <laughs> like it has, it has like the same problem that all the state of play things do, where like Sony doesn't believe in these things enough to actually put like their to actually announce something important at them. Yeah. So, like, you know, uh, at a Nintendo Direct, you might see, like, a new Mario game or a new Zelda game or a new Kirby game or a new Xenoblade or whatever. You might see, like, an A-list franchise. You don't see those at these. Yeah. They just don't happen. I remember the, one of the games, I forget which one was they announced, is, like, coming in 2023 to PS5 and PS4. Yeah, that was Exoprimal probably. <laughs> was it? Yeah, okay. That's coming to everything. Uh, but yeah. Uh, like they're, Joe they're gonna asks be any PS4 word on RE8 DLC, and no. Not a word. You'd have heard about that. <laughs> it would have been what I opened on, because I would have been losing my shit, so... Uh, let's 
This did, however, arrive just in time for it to uh, bury the so story about Sony getting a uh, hit with a class action lawsuit over sexual harassment and discrimination. Oh, Jesus. Oops. Can't imagine how that could have happened. What uh, the, the hell is this? Let's see. Uh, is it a big gun? I'd expect uh, it's a big gun. Seems to be some kind of laser. It says you can't, and so I can't it even. You can't even ADS with the weapon. Jeez. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't like being uh, too uh, glib about. Uh, serious lawsuits, but it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I just expect this at this point. Yeah. Uh, we've been hearing rumblings about how Sony America has run for at least a few years now, ever since uh, there was a big uh, expose about how Naughty Dog has run internally. So, the idea of them getting hit with a class action over uh, sexual harassment and gender discrimination based off of just that is not the most surprising thing in the world. I kind of expect this out of most of these companies, otherwise, but it sucks. Uh, let's see. But yeah, that was, that was kind of the big news that we had, was quote-unquote big. There, there were some new announcements, some of which looked at least mildly interesting. <laughs> uh, it's end of fiscal year, there's not a lot that people want to talk about yet. Hmm. Uh, is there anything... Like there's there's still a few things that I think people are going, are trying to sneak out before end of this year. Uh, oh yeah, Kirby's out this month. Yeah, speaking of sneaking something out before end of this year. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to wait on that one. Sadly. Yeah, there's <coughs> so many games. Yeah, yeah guess what else there. is out this month? Rune Factory Five. Oh yeah, you told me that, and I yeah. said fuck. And then allowed myself to forget. And then he said that just now, and I said, yeah. "Fuck." Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what we got. Oh, Joe saying RE4 has not been ported to PS5 or Series X yet. Whatever backwards compatibility. Yeah, they're just gonna keep selling that version yeah. for the time being. Uh, WWE 2K22. Eh. Oh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Yeah. Oh yeah, Strangers of Paradise, fuck. Yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo, fuck. Oh yeah, they showed some more of that. I have not looked at it yet. Why is everything coming out this month? Did you remember that thing I said about the end of fiscal year? Oh, right, right. Duh. Yeah, as it turns out, everyone who wants something on their balance sheets right before the end of the year is like a last boost before they have to say whether they hit their targets is putting all their shit out now. But don't worry, the onslaught continues in April when we get Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers edition. Fuck. Fuck. <coughs> don't worry, that one's only 20 bucks. Oh god, the Switch version of 13 Sentinels is also on the 12th of April. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep, get fucked. <laughs> and that version, that one MLB game I have to purchase just for the novelty of a Switch game with PlayStation Studios on the cover. Oh, I'm going to make you play that. We're going to play some baseball. 
Sure, sure. I gotta, I gotta at least understand what a baseball is briefly. Uh, but yeah, things will slow down a little after that. I don't think we care as much about whatever the hell is happening in May. Uh, unless you're a big fan of the e of Evil Dead the game, I don't. I think that's just Dead by Daylight. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think any of us is too concerned about what's happening in yeah. May. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get at least a break until June when we get Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes and Mario Strikers back. Fuck. <coughs> Then let's talk about September. September oh, you're going to die. Yeah. September is the probably 100 hours Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Trails of Zero. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that are 100 hours long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are making me glad that I don't really connect my life that much to the um, release cycle of games. Oh yeah, we're both dumb as hell. Yeah, um, no, I've been trying to dump off any like random shit I've bought or, that I'm not going to play. So I had forgotten that this this is something that actually was delayed this week uh, for Spoken. Remember that thing? Yeah. No. It got pushed into October. Uh, still, still very wait and see on that. One of Square's like first big like this a PS5 game. Could be neat. Could be terrible. Yeah, I could be both. Hope that, I hope I like it more than the sample dialogue they're doing. I'll, that. I'll put it that way. Oh, good. Steam hasn't updated its release date yet. It still thinks it's coming in May. That's very cute. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Oh, did we mention uh, the delay for uh, Advance Force? Yeah, that one. I don't blame them, but it kind of sucks. Yeah. So Advance Wars were to be doing fun World War Three. Yeah. So Advance Wars reboot camp got delayed indefinitely. They like not in the sense of we have no plans for it, but they in the sense of they are not ready to talk to begin talking about that game again uh if anyone remembers the first advance wars uh well that that had a rocky road in in the u.s as well <laughs> coming out on september 10th 2001 <laughs> so uh yeah that's uh, that's a spicy meatball. But yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that can hopefully uh for a multitude of reasons, uh circumstances improve in such a fashion that that game does not feel awkward to release sometime in the next in, in sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah. But it does. It does like. It did when this happened. It made me think, like, oh, maybe this is part of why they don't lean on this franchise much anymore. Like, they don't want their games to be uh, in a category where it can suddenly feel very awkward to release them. And Advance Wars the wrong is, way. 
Yeah, and Advance Wars is one of their few franchises that can have that happen to it. So it definitely is one of their franchises where they would very much like it to never happen again. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things that's gonna, like, no matter how well or poorly Reboot Camp does, that's probably going to make it more of an uphill battle for them to do more Advance Wars after this. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah, I feel bad for... Uh, the team that worked on that. Yeah, I believe it's a way forward thing. Yeah. Uh, those poor bl- those poor blighters. Well, hopefully it turns out well in the end. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great game whenever it does come out. Also, I did not realize this. Uh, apparently, the original Advance Wars didn't properly come out in Japan until like years later. Really. Like per per what internet resources I can find, it was only released as like a two pack with Advance Wars Two in Japan. Huh. Like maybe I, I don't know if Gaijin's ever actually seen individual cartridges to prove or disprove that, but no, actually the only ones I can think of were two um, two packs. I never really thought about it. Yeah, apparently Advance Wars One and Two were made just for the Western market. And then they bundled the two together to release them in Japan, like a year after Advance Wars Two came out in America. So that's not something I'd realize. That that's such a strange choice to make because, like, up through like Game Boy Wars Three, which is like a late, uh, so a pretty late Game Boy game. Uh, oh yeah, none of had these really really long wait times for the enemy turns. Yeah, like up until that point, there had just never been a North American one, and then suddenly they made one that only came out in North America at first. I have no idea what happened there. Weird. Somebody yeah. thought, hey, those Americans really like their wars, don't they? Let's give them something cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird they did it. They didn't localize like a prior game, they didn't remake a prior game, they just made an entirely new game. And they were like, yeah, maybe we'll put this out in Japan eventually. Smoking Joe 86 says, Emily, the show is somehow more boring than watching baseball. I will destroy you. Wheels is... Wheels is... <laughs> oh, I need to check the, the what the other episodes of the Dave Steve documentary are like. Uh, uh, first one. I haven't watched that yet. Is it good? Well, I'll just say that it starts with John Boyce talking about... Uh, like the coach of the team he was on who uh was known for give, ta- telling inspiring stories about his time in the Vietnam War who was then fired when it was found out that he had not in fact served in the Vietnam War <laughs> <laughs> just, okay. uh, just, just okay. the opening of that truly bizarre story just a, just a taster but yeah so that's 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 very good. It's very in line with the uh, Mariners documentary, but focused on one nice. one man's desperate uh, push to try to get a to try to get a no hitter. Interesting. Which uh, he he comes close. He, even in the first episode, he comes close to like multiple times and <laughs> gets uh, into like seventh or eighth in, innings, and then Jesus. you know. Loses it, which is always <coughs> a rough thing to see. Yeah, but yeah, 
but yeah, that's that's a real good one. I think you'll have a great time watching that one. Um, well, the Mariners one was amazing. One of the and best uh, sports documentaries. <laughs> one of the best sports documentaries. A brisk three and a half hours, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as it turns out, uh, baseball's the sport for RPG nerds. It's just yep. full of stats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, they also briefly take a sidebar to complain about how uh, the way people vote for uh, like pitching awards based on like how how much it always ends up revolving around players who are on successful teams, even if they are not actually great pitchers. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, it does not appear as though we have any new questions, unless someone on the in the chat wants to provide us with some. But uh, let me see if I can find... Smoking Joe, a... give us a question. That is an option. You have that choice. Hey, Joe, what do you know? Uh, hello, Joe. Okay, questions. Can't escape. Uh... Here's one we can all think about while we wonder if anyone else will ask a question. Uh, one from Fireminer's Big List, number 125. Uh, what are some popular but not too popular video games that came and went like the me? Uh, I'm trying to think of like gaming fads. I usually think of these in terms of like mechanical constructs rather than like the e-reader uh, cards. Oh man, those were those were kind of a like mid-sized deal in Japan. They did not take off at all yeah. in the U.S. But yeah, I know plenty of games that had them for Game Boy Advance, especially in connection with that. Yeah, like there are, there are GBA games that still have the support for those in like 2005 or 2006. Uh, whereas in the U.S., they like put the e-reader out in like 2003 and then never <coughs> it again. Uh, just just was not fit for how Americans consume portable content. Slightly too inconvenient. Uh, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna run into enough other kids who had GBAs and link cables that you would actually trust with your cards to help you get to unlock all the garbage in your games that you picked up. Mm-hmm. Uh but, yeah. Um, think about this a lot in terms of like, uh, like the way games were designed, and how that interfaces with how they, uh, like the technological and budgetary limitations that exist when they were made. So, like one thing that I think about a lot is, uh the amount of block-pushing puzzles in PS1 games, mm -hmm. which are profoundly common because they are something that you can do with essentially zero ambiguity in 3D with objects that are very easy to construct from a very small number of polygons. Yep. 
So you tended to see a lot of those in that era. Uh, and they, they rapidly fell out of favor because they were very common. People got very sick of them very quickly. <laughs> but if you play a PS1 game, uh, any given PS1 game, you'll probably run into more block-pushing puzzles than you had thought about in the past 20 years. Uh, oh god, 20 years ago was 2002. You were already playing PS2 games at that point. Uh. Oh hey, you want to feel old? <laughs> no. So uh, The opposite of that. I saw the new uh, Batman movie. Yeah, the Batman. Uh-huh. I hear it's very good. And yes, it's actually possibly the best Batman movie. Uh, but there is a flashback to like, you know, um, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne's dad doing like a campaign in, good the, old Wayne. in the good old days of 2001. <laughs> oh boy, not ready for Batman to be basically my age. <laughs> so yeah, there Batman's, was that. If Batman's like 10-ish when Thomas Wayne dies... Then yeah, he's about my age. Fuck. Uh, yep. <laughs> I can't look up to Batman, Batman anymore. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that movie is great, and is it's like the first time I feel like they've captured like Batman as a detective in a movie, instead of just being like mostly an action blockbuster. An, an action man who has sci-fi things that yes. for him. Like there's a bunch of scenes of like him and Gordon investigating, like you'd see in like the old Batman animated TV show. It was wonderful. That is very intriguing to me. Yes. I'm looking forward to when that hits streaming so I can sit down and watch that at my leisure. Also, Colin Farrell plays, plays the Penguin, and I had no idea it was him. I mean, respect for going with a completely different look for the Penguin. Yeah. Last time we had Danny DeVito, and now we have him, and it's good to, that's, that's, a, that's a character that can withstand many interpretations. Yeah. And I guess the Riddler's also in it. I have no idea yes. what that interpretation looks like. It's cool. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, every ten years we get at least one really cool Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, the last one was Lego. Yeah, uh, that, that one was, was good. That was the wonderful movie. Yep. So good. <laughs> Was it was it here that we were having that discussion? Uh, was it maybe during shenanigans we were having that discussion about like when when are they going to do a non-serious Batman? And it was, and I can't remember who I was having that discussion with, but I just responded they did. It was the Lego one. I think it, was, it might have been me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, was, I was probably reminiscing. I, was about, I had to remind you of that. Movie. Yeah, I was reminiscing about Batman: The Brave and the Bold. It's a wonderful yeah. show. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that like. They I still remember like laughing a... so much when the Joker was dis- was talking about every single villain he had gotten together for the assault. Oh, yeah. That's so good. And, and the pilot he's talking to is like, you made some of those up, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. No, they did not. Nope, not a single <laughs> one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Good old calendar, man. I do. Oh, that's... That's something I need to. I, I want to bring up here. Calendar uh, Man, of, Batman: no. The Long Halloween. No. Okay. I like that. That's a good. That's a good arc, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, 
you're, you're talking about popular but not too popular video game things. And all I can think of is, like, the, like, mid-to-big-budget license game that comes out alongside a movie is Dead and Buried. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, in like, the mid-ops, there would absolutely have been a game where I was playing Robert Pattinson Batman that would come out, like, a week before the movie. <clears throat> but we have long since left that world behind, and, uh... How about a nice there... Arkham port for Switch? I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't tried it, but... Is the uh... Batman linked to the Joker movie? No, it is not, Joe. I think it's. No. I think we're better off that way. Yeah. I, genuinely, I think the thing that is good about DC's current strategy is that not all of their movies have to be related anymore. Yeah. Like you can not have that they were a joke. Related to begin with. I mean, the the they were trying for a while. Like Man of Steel launches into something into a series of movies that are all like correlated in a fairly like Marvelian fashion, but. You know, it, I know what they were doing with it. No, I mean, they—they they, it was—it was more just that they wanted the kind of control over like style and tone that Disney has over Marvel, and then they didn't actually exert it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, this this strategy at least means that like, oh, I can watch this Batman and not feel like I am missing something, and also. It does not have to, like, try... I don't have to square it away with some other, like, film style and tone. Like, that's that's nice to me. I like that. Uh, it, it feels weird to say that, at this stage, to me, a disconnected superhero movie is a novelty. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Get ready for Morbius the Living Vampire Wheels. Uh, no, pass. <laughs> even Wales, even in all of his spider fandom, will not be seeing no, the Morbius the Living Vampire. Uh, I barely remember that character from the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s. He is an extreme also, Ran. I'm very curious what happened to let that film exist. I mean, he was I cool know in the 90s. I mean, He's extreme also ran, and you know it will. Yeah, no, I, I'm not defending but, it. But so it was, was Big Hero Six. <clears throat> yeah, but Big Hero Six uh, made that work by disconnecting itself from everything entirely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey Morbid, uh, Morbid Fates, uh, and you are absolutely correct. I completely screwed up the end of that game. <laughs> oh, uh, shouldn't have followed a character into a building, and also. Accidentally wandered into the storm. That is failing a spot check. Wow. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Unforced error. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, Batman. I lost track after Batman. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in, in general, like, it, it feels weird to say it, but yeah, like, a disconnected. Uh, franchise movie is oh yeah, Morbius Living Vampire. Extreme also ran. Uh, like I think they're also doing a Craven the Hunter movie, and he at least sounds like a character you could make a movie about, even if it would not appeal to wheels. I guess <laughs> he is at least someone who has like a personality. Yeah. 
Like, you make a Craven the Hunter movie and you have, like, an obvious concept of this is a person driven by obsession who's going to do something very dumb. Mm -hmm. But... Isn't the chameleon supposed to be in that one, too? I mean, I could see him trying to hunt the chameleon. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, in the comics, yeah. the chameleon was his brother. Uh, possible? I, I could not speak to the many twists and turns, but... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's still like, regardless of your thoughts, it still honestly makes more sense than than freaking Morbius the Living Vampire. Yeah, no, that's true. <coughs> uh, he is the half brother of Chameleon per Wikipedia. Yeah. Still, I mean, yeah. there is a reason to have that character in on that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of miss the mid-budget... Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. The last time that there was a game to go along with a new Batman movie was uh, Batman Begins in 2005. Wow. Jeez. The, the last game that I played that was a direct tie-in to a movie that came right after it was probably oh that was oh that one oh Hinata oh it was uh, this weird anime movie actually kind of <coughs> just the the game had nothing to do with the movie uh, no there's not <laughs> a Sandman movie in the works Joe and Morbid Fates yes uh, Ranger Melee in this game is terrible and I try to never use it well Senpai I'll remember what this game was okay Kanata and the Magic Mirror was the no, I don't know. Magic Mirror that ever had any of the movie. Try and put it down. They were both about this. They were both about this little pocket world that where all lost things went, and the movie was about this teenage girl trying to get a like a an old family heirloom or something back from a world, and the game was. It turned out to the game was actually about her son, the future. And about how he felt like neglected or n nobody paid attention to him, and he fell through the cracks and into this world, and had to escape. And that's an interesting way to try to, uh, to to try to make something that maybe has more game to it. Yeah. Yeah, Oblivion Island, Haruka and the Magic Mirror. There we go, yes. Hataraka and Ajima, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Uh, excellent animation of the year, the 33 Japan Academy Prize. It was a beautiful seems, movie. Yeah, it seems Games, to... Games. Lots of toys. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I had not heard of this, but it sounds honestly interesting. And my review is on the old side, if you ever want to check it out. Yeah, I saw, when I looked up Kanata on the Magic Mirror, I immediately just got a taken directly to RP Gamer. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll look into that. Uh, but yeah. Like these, the, 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 that kind of like movie tie in game as a console concern died out pretty early in the, uh, like 360 era, like it's telling that. 
too expensive to make, not enough time and material to make them from. Like, it's one of those things where, like, the the whole point is to get them out in time for the movie, so that like the marketing is cheaper and that they get a lot more eyes on them. But you know, uh, as game development cycles got longer to the point where they were often longer than the gestation period of the movie, it just wasn't really possible to do that anymore. So they just stopped. <laughs> I mean, you did get Scott Pilgrim. Yep. But... but that is as much based off of the comic as the movie. Yep. Oh, uh, it's it's pretty like for like on the comics art style. Yeah, I mean uh, that one that one at least had a lot more to draw on than your average tie-in movie did. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's that's an interesting movie, uh, just because. Uh, I don't know if you read the comics or saw the movie. I have no idea how much exposure you had. Oh, I've got uh, the comics in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> ah. Did you read them, though? <laughs> yes, actually, in Japanese. Interesting. I wonder how good the localization is. Probably pretty good. Pretty good. Um, say, um, my girlfriend at the time tried to read it, and she was trying to puzzle out the references to Chrono Trigger and Metroid. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like the if you never saw the movie, uh, it kind of follows the comics pretty directly for the first three volumes, and then because it needs um, to think, be like reason. I think it was um, they were they started making the movie right, um, and the fourth volume came out while they were making the movie, but the fifth and sixth ones were still in the planning stages. So everything beyond part four was completely different. Yeah, although they discussed it with uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, so they like it was it was a very uh, thought out. It was its own take, but it was a thought out version of its own take. That uh, and they that and they deliberately changed the uh, the one chapter that was like the the uh, existential dread of this random Canadian department store. <laughs> They changed that section entirely, not because it was from later than they had made the movie, but because they just didn't want to try and do that in a visual, in a uh, video format. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. So instead they had the uh, instead they had the movie star boyfriend with stunt doubles, <laughs> and that was that was excellent too. Yeah, I ironically, uh, the original intention was that both. Uh, the movie and the comic would have would have Scott end up with someone, like not end up with Ramona, and they would both have different ways for him to not end up with Ramona, and then both of them lives <laughs> are ending. Are we talking about Scott Pilgrim? Well, of course, we're talking about Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I just got my KO edition in today. Nice. Well, that was one of the games I picked up for Switch on Monday. Nice. <laughs> did you uh, did you uh, play any of it yet? Nope, because I'm not actually starting anything new until I get this sucker done here. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, One of my favorite things in that game is that the first level has the... Uh, since it's a River City Ransom style game, it has the store... It has the rental store that Scott racked up like $500 worth of late fees on. And it's the best like upgrade store in the game, but it requires you to pay its late fees before it'll let you do anything. <laughs> Uh, that's that's one of my favorite anything. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a game. That's a really good joke. Uh, 
Let's see. Uh, any other, any other like briefly popular like game pads? Because like, it, licensed games still exist, but the, the big bunch, bunch of console one is gone. We just yeah. get like tie-ins to ever-present brands like the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and sort of thing. Yes. See, and I would really, really like those rumors for a Batman Arkham collection on Switch to come true. That, there, there's no smoke <coughs> on those. I assume there will be fire eventually. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Something that seems to have died down a bit in Japan is the attempts to make multimedia franchises. Oh, polymorphic content, baby! Thank you. That was the term. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, I. I know that I know level five would love to manage to strike lightning with lightning again, but they haven't managed it yet. And most of the yeah, I feel like really crazy stuff like twenty years ago with um, Choco Vader. Yeah, I was thinking that was was a that was a Game Boy Advance game. That was an arcade game, and that was also a series of collectible cards with chocolate. Huh. And I remember arcade you talking game about this one. Were the source for codes that you could use in the Game Boy Advance game. Mm-hmm. Square had like a real propensity for trying to force these to happen uh, in the late ops. There was, of course, things like compilation of Seven and uh, their abortive attempts at Fabio Lenovo Crystallis, uh, World of Mana, that sort of thing. Uh, but. Uh, I was remembering some of their like late ops PS2 work, where they were trying to make this happen, like Code Age Commanders, which was had like a tie-in manga in their, uh, in their like manga magazine. It's like, well, I mean, they, Joker, whatever. They yeah, well, I don't just mean tie-in mangas. There was there was a bunch of other stuff that was supposed to tie in with Code Age Commanders that all kind of tanked. Uh. But the other one, the the much more obscure one that I I was talking to a friend who was a was a journalist way back in the day who still had uh, some contacts who had worked at Square at one time, and I brought up a game they published for the PS2 that is an obsession of mine called Heavy Metal Thunder. Heavy and Metal Thunder. Yeah, Heavy Metal Thunder. I'm oh, gonna explain that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain this for Wales's benefit in a bit. But as far as we could piece together, it sounded like this was probably meant to have some tie-ins that fell through because it's like it's a tie-in to like you know, like it has TV Tokyo and satellite involvement and some other companies are involved that are like more media production companies and there's nothing to go along with it. It's theoretically apparently uh, they hired the uh, creator of the manga back to do some of the designs and it's like okay you had all sorts of ideas for this and by the time it was time to release it you would given up on all of them uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna explain heavy metal thunder for wheels uh, <coughs> so heavy metal thunder is a ps2 game from like 2006 uh published by square enix uh developed by media vision that's how i first found out about it i was looking at the media visions catalog uh it has a uh soundtrack with a bunch of tracks by uh, weird J-rock bands with names like Sex Machine Guns. Uh, it's not even weird by Japanese standards. Oh, not at all, but, you know. 
it's it's an incredible name by any standard uh but yeah uh heavy metal thunder is a like game it's like a robot wrestling game <laughs> uh with I, i'm just going to read wikipedia's plot summary verbatim description verbatim it's not a summary it doesn't really give the full thing but it's one of the most incredible sets of sentences you'll ever hear the game is set in a fictional Japan in the year 2980, in which competitive fights between radio-controlled robots have become a popular sport called Robotris. The player takes on the role of Danki Akihabara, a high school student whose family runs a butcher shop. Danki decides to become a Robotris master after learning about Heavy Metal Thunder, the world's strongest robot. At the beginning of the game, he received a robot and an invitation to the Titan Fight tournament from his father who is actually the world champion and owner of Heavy Metal Thunder. The Titan Fight is a competition in which losing robots are destroyed and their owners buried in Death Island. The plot spans roughly 30 years in total, with Denki over 40 years old at the end of the game. Huh. Lot to unpack. Huh. Love That's to be... I remembered it. Well, love to be invited to a death tournament by my father who owns the strongest robot in the world and also he knows that if I lose this I get sent to something called Death Island <laughs> but yeah uh, this game tanked uh, this was a PS2 game uh, late in 2006 that sold uh, 3,367 copies in its first week mm-hmm I don't know what they expected out of it, but I can't imagine any world where that was enough. As mentioned, I spoke to a friend who had some contacts who worked at Square at the time, and he pinged them a message asking what this, if they knew anything about this, and they said, what the fuck is that? So, it was... An immediate and precipitous descent into complete and total forgotten obscurity. Uh, oblivion. Actual yeah. oblivion. <laughs> the, apparently, uh, I'm going to quote this one verbatim. What the... Even the most remote memory of this existing... <laughs> so, yeah... Uh, not not any not any great surprise that this has never been spoken of again, uh, never been re-released, never likely never even remotely considered for uh, localization. But uh, I want it. I want it really bad. It sounds like it could not possibly live up to how brutally insane its description is. But I am in love with that description. And I like. I I just I just want to play it. I want to play it in English, but it's never going to happen. And my Japanese is never going to be good enough for me to be able to play it. But <sighs> I can dream the impossible dream. Uh... But yeah, and also I'm still just uh, tickled by the name <laughs> by a character named Danki Akihabara. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, that polymorphic content thing, I think everyone realized that 
trying to manufacture that tends to end up with you spending a lot of money on projects that never sell and that you kind of have to wait until something is successful and do it afterwards or else you're going to put yourself on the hook for a lot of money. Yep. Which is why I'm amazed that Level 5 managed to do it twice. Yeah, like they like I can almost see why they keep trying to make it happen again, but I do feel like if they if they keep putting all their eggs in that basket, the basket they're going to destroy themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, can you think of any of these wheels? Like these brief pop briefly popular things? Cuz I mean like we we get these a lot. Uh um, <coughs> nothing coming to mind no oh I had another one uh, in the wake of Metal Gear Solid 2 and Splinter Cell there was a there was a arms race of really bad also ran stealth games for PS2 and Xbox oh yeah siphon filter <laughs> siphon filters older than that man oh jeez that's more of a follow the leader syndrome yeah although I, I do think that like that's kind of a part of this as well like I'll follow the leader is what kind of inspires these things to become more than also runs because like you see uh, like he, he brings up me's and like you can tell that those were a brief flash in the pan just by looking at uh, the late Xbox 360 era avatars which are basically the exact same thing I remember those. Very silly. The Xbox avatars? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's me. Oh, we're four years too late to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really just wanted to bring up uh, games no one's heard of or thought of in 20 years, like uh, Rogue Ops and uh, Stolen. Alpha Broco. No, that's not the same thing. <coughs> that game on so bring that back Sega I know yeah. you're still on the right uh, that has like the best uh, conversation mission I think I've ever seen a game I love that there's an entire mission that's just a conversation I love that that entire conversation is just you trying to grill a gelato uh, a gelato salesman to see if he's like secretly like a like spy and I love that uh, <laughs> the entire thing is the game daring you to pull a gun on him because he's he's spending all this time like making gelato for you. And like, sorry, I'm ruining this punchline for anyone who's never seen it, but it's incredible when you see it in practice. But basically, he spends the entire thing like really conspicuously like working under the counter, and the game is just daring you to pull a gun on him. And if you keep holding back and keep holding back for the longest time, eventually he will just, like, you'll realize that he doesn't have any information and right as he's doing that, he, like, uh, his hands leave uh, being under the counter <coughs> and he's just holding up, like, two giant gelato cones. <laughs> and he's just offering them to you. It's like, oh, that's incredible. That game, that game's very interesting and very strange. It has uh, another one of my favorite, uh, one of the more interesting takes on uh, like dialogue trees, just by virtue of the fact that uh, they built 
your care your player character is built on the concept of you are never selecting what he thinks you are selecting what he thinks will get him what he wants from the person he's talking to so like uh the game is built in such a way that there are circumstances where you deliberately want to make people not like you. And in fact, that's one of the only ways to... There's like one character, there's one villain that you will never get the chance to... Like, he kills like a, a side character and there you never get the chance to actually fight him unless in every meeting you had with him, you selected an option to piss him off as much as possible, <laughs> such that near the end of the game, he takes a stupid risk because he personally wants to kill you. And that's the only chance you have to like, take <laughs> vengeance for that side character. Like, Alpha Protocol is a really interesting game. And it sucks that it sold like shit. And yeah, yeah, it, it's really cool. I think it's actually also been delisted from basically everything, which is also very sad. Is it not on Steam anymore? I don't think so. No, it's mm, a shame. But it's, it's now obnoxious to play as well, which is a shame. Mm. It's not backwards compatible on Xbox. I don't believe so. No, no I can, I'm confirming to you that it is not. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I still have my Steam copy. Same. Also, hello, Tam. Hello. Uh, hello. But, but yeah, it's... I, 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 I love that protocol. <laughs> ah. it's, it's a weird, flawed little gem that uh, is basically lost time. And also... That is a game, uh, I'm going to bring up just some other random bits that are incredible about it. That is a game that, at the end of every mission, uh, gives you uh, two different stats, depending upon lethal and non-lethal kills. You have, or takedowns, I should say. You have, uh, for lethal, you have orphans created. And for non-lethal, you have medical bills. <laughs> Just to just to hammer home what you're doing, it's it's a very odd sort of game. I'm I'm a big fan. There is a segment where you can raise your you get an email from like this praised conspiracy theory guy who I believe is played by Nolan North uh, at his most uh, oh that guy deranged yeah. sounding. And there is a section where he sends you an email, and you will raise his. Uh, you will gain trust with him by sending him time cube excerpts back. Which is beautiful and horrifying if you have ever been exposed to time cube. What is time cube? Time cube was the extremely offensive and nonsensical ramblings of a paranoid schizophrenic that uh, found its way onto the early internet. Oh. It was uh, a it was not man... related to Hypercube. No, not not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Time Cube. Time Cube was a man arguing that all days were four simultaneous days because of something about cubes, which is weird because cubes have six sides. But 
whatever. He was, he was clearly a very unwell man. Don't actually read it. It's extremely offensive to essentially everyone. But yeah, uh, there it was a it was mimetic to pass around on the aughts internet the ramblings of uh, the self-styled uh, Doctor Jean Ray, Doctor of Cubism and Wisest Human. Huh. What so. person did I walk in the middle? <laughs> oh no, I was just talking about Alpha. <laughs> Which uh, references this this daft uh, this tragic sort man's ramblings on the internet uh, on the internet from the early aughts. Uh, he he has since passed away. So. Uh, he is merely tragic rather than tragic and also uh, disseminating horror. Let's see, but yeah, I can't can't think of any like briefly popular trends like we could we could throw a degree to a degree motion controls in this but i mean at the same time we're still seeing plenty of things that use them we just don't use them as uh we we've moved them off into their own places where they make the most sense uh slash uh have become unambitious in how to utilize them else elsewhere uh you see them still in vr but you know of course you can't uh, purchase a Connect uh, anymore, so to speak. Speaking of the Connect, <laughs> that was uh, that was actually very successful for a minute there. Was it? Like, yes. Oh, it was. Yeah. Shocking. Like, let me three sixty. I was like that. That thing sold. Like, like that thing. Uh, oh, here is a. Hollywood Reporter story from 2011. Microsoft's Kinect for Xbox 360 becomes fastest-selling electronic device in history. What? 10 million units sold since launch on November 4th. This was written on March 8th of 2011. So in five months, it had sold 10 million Kinects. Wow. Okay. People were very interested yeah. in this concept. Like, there is a reason Microsoft thought that it made sense to force you to have a Kinect with the Xbox One at first. Yeah, well, there was also the fact that some of the stuff they previewed during that E3 looked really, really promising until the final product came out and they all kind of sucked. It's, yeah, it's one of those things, like, just just generally a lot of smoke and mirrors shows up at E3 presentations, but that's even more so when there's, like, weird new technology involved. And Peter Molyneux. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although Peter Molyneux was also the person who responded to people asking if Milo and Kate was real with, oh, of course not. Which was impressive, given that uh, he did that at the E3 where it was revealed. <laughs> huh. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where it's like, no, they asked us to mock up something that is like the kind of thing we'd want to make on Connect. This doesn't exist. This doesn't work. Uh, but not everyone got that memo. Yeah, naturally, which is what Microsoft wanted. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the Connect was briefly very, very successful, like terrifyingly so. Uh, and then you know, like the the bloom goes off the rose the second that you play it, and it's like, well, dancing's fun, and nothing else is. Uh, uh, say what? Oh, oh. Sports like game that I liked on it. 
There was Connect Sports, yes. Uh, otherwise, I mean, there wasn't some, much. Yeah, that there's was some very good. bare, there's some very bare bones virtual pets for it. Uh, there was uh, there the, was, there the was Connect a... Adventure Suite, which is trying to connect sports, but worse. Yeah, I had the Adventure Suite. That I actually enjoyed that. Okay, maybe I maybe I have them confused. Like, there's one that's like this is at least interesting, and there's one that's like, oh, this is just not great. And then there's just Dragon Ball Z Connect, which is one of the most baffling video games ever made. Oh, there's the Star the Star Wars one. Yeah, there's also the Star Wars one. That one's very funny, but not for reasons that it seemingly wants to be. Yeah. Uh, it does, however, have the. Uh, at the time, endlessly memeable uh, bits where it just has everyone dancing, and uh, there is a uh, fucking song called I'm Han Solo that is uh, ba basically, I think it's just, I think it's just I'm riding solo, basically. <laughs> <coughs> Yep, it is literally, now that I am listening to I'm Riding Solo, it is literally, it is literally I'm Riding Solo, except it says I'm Han Solo instead. <laughs> Feels like it shouldn't have been in a released product. But yeah, yeah didn't not, that come out of, like a year or two later? Uh, it would have been like 2011-ish, and I think I'm Riding Solo is like 2010, so yeah, about a year or so. Oh no, I was talking about from the Kinect. Oh, Star Wars Kinect? Uh, uh, I don't think it was that far into the Kinect's lifetime. Kinect, uh, excuse me, Kinect Star Wars, not Star Wars Kinect. Kinect uh, Star Wars was eh, about yeah about a year into the Kinect's lifetime. Right as right as things were tailing off, people were realizing that uh, through some combination of design disinterest and limitations on the technology that the games were not getting better but yeah uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just put it this way uh, the reception section on wikipedia starts with the words the han solo dance in particular was considered an absurd addition to the game that is the first sentence in reception mm -hmm. <laughs> what's that is that's what most everyone remembers it for yeah like i've i've I have seen brief footage of the other modes of the game. Uh, they're not... <laughs> they're honestly probably better off not remembering any of them. <laughs> there's, some, there's some other real late, like, connect blank uh, franchise things. There's, there's <coughs> Star Wars. There's the aforesaid Dragon Ball Z Connect, which is a truly ridiculous object. Uh, that mostly involves you, like, flailing uh, to make various uh, hand motions that the game... It's entirely in first person, which is already weird and disorienting enough. You flail at the Kinect to make weird hand motions, and then uh, occasionally it has you put your hands uh, out in, like, the same motions as, like, a Kamehameha or whatever. It's very silly. But I could see a child having fun with it. It's basically just something for a child to play, play all around <laughs> in, front of, in front of and watch Dragon Ball Z at the same time. Uh, and on that level, it succeeds.
but yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, like the the connect was very much the the epitome of flash in the pan, but big deal for a time. Uh, I guess one last thing I can think of for this kind of thing is uh, like is going back to the first answer that. I kind of have called out for this is design trends wise, you will see certain subgenres emerge and dissipate, usually over the course of a console generation. So, like, uh, for the entire, like, after FF10, most PS2 RPGs on some level began to resemble it. And it, it kind of set the tenor for what a PS2 RPG was, but if you were to play a game like that on it, at this moment, it would feel weirdly dated. Because it's like, oh, we only made this kind of RPG. Like, this was popular from the early aughts to the mid to late aughts, and then it just kind of went away and didn't come back. Mm. So you, you get these kinds of, like, that that kind of thing happens. Uh, Halo completely killed the uh, GoldenEye style school of console first-person shooter, which was in turn the Halo version of such was killed by Call of Duty. Like, those kinds of micro-genres uh, start to, like, they, they just sort of, they're successful for a while, and then they just disappear. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then others, like Final Fantasy Tactics, become the new norm. Yep. Although, I like, know, that new one they showed off today looked a little different. The Deofield Chronicles, that was a weird... We are just discussing how Triangle looked... Strategy like is definitely... Yeah, yeah, no, Triangle so, I mean, Strategy goes back to, to the old Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics, yeah. 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 But that, and of course you've had a, a, a long history of games biting pretty directly from, like, uh, Fire Emblem over the many decades at this point. Well, I mean, the dude who created it even put out uh, the SRPG studio. He, he made a game in it, I think. No, he, he was also, he made a game in it, and he was responsible for making it. Hmm. But yeah, Shouzo is a weird story. Uh... And then, um, but that new, I think the only strategy RPG I think kind of tried to do its own thing is, uh, what is it, Rondo of Swords? Never played that one. Um, Basically, the idea was that your party, uh, the characters in your party, could um, run through enemies and hit multiple enemies. Oh, yeah, I remember enemies. seeing this. Interesting. Yeah, like, I, I feel like you, when you look at the strategy RPG subgenre as a whole, you tend to see ones that are. The ones that are built off of the Fire Emblem school, where you see 
uh, things like Shining Force and Super Robot Wars both cotton pretty directly from like old school Fire Emblem and then chart their course from there. Yeah, those are kind of the ones that are actual strategy as in large scale battle. Mm -hmm. I guess. And then you and have the then... tactical as in small scale squad fights. Yeah. So then you get like the Tactics Ogre uh, Final Fantasy Tactics School, the triangle strategy uh, branches out from uh and then you'll, you'll get the occasional like weird offshoots like you mentioned rondo of swords there's also the brief period where uh where uh nis was doing uh these kinds of games but without a grid and they had very strange limitations on uh what participants could do in battle so you had like the uh, invitation system in Makai Kingdom or the uh, like possession system in Phantom Brave, that sort of thing. And they, they kind of went away from that after a while. But it was an interesting like micro version of the genre that kind of went away. Um, and then we have this new Diofeld Chronicle or whatever it's called that looks uh, interesting. I'm not sure. I'm going to need to see more of it to see how it works, but... Yeah. I, I am very interested in it. And then... But we also not as have... interested as Valkyrie. I'd be more interested in that if uh, it was being made by Triace. But... I don't, we don't know who it's being made by right no, now. No, we do. It... No, oh. they, they put it in a press release. It's being made by Soleil. I was talking about this earlier in the podcast. Oh, yeah, I didn't see. The, I didn't. I I was still at work and had to catch the news in between calls. Yeah, people found a press release where they basically said it's being made by Soleil, who hasn't really made much in the past other than like licensed games. So, unclear. Well, that explains why his Chris got a makeover. Yeah, probably a little bit. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it turns out well. It's just that it's very much in a case of uh, who knows. Instead of at least it'll be weird, which we would have been more guaranteed with Triace. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, has anything taken up the torch of ogre battle at this stage? No. I can think of two games for PlayStation that actually used a variation on the old Ogre Battle combat, mm -hmm. where you just had the characters wander, um, you set the characters to a path along the map and they encountered things along the way. Mm -hmm. Thing is, one of these was a hero management simulator where you were an angel who was guiding six different heroes around a literal continent sized map, <laughs> which was actually kind of cool, and I'm not quite sure why one of my heroes managed to get executed before I could locate her. <laughs> Incredible. Yes, I'm serious. I was like, apparently I was too slow locating this last heroine, and she got she was stuck in fantasy Russia and she got executed. Well, rip. Um, yep. Um, but the other one was Game actually the... real life. Oh god, don't. The other, one, I, the other one was actually the mountain climbing RPG. Oh, that one. One of your favorites. Yeah. I can't call it a favorite because it really had no story or anything, but it was, in fact, tactical. One of your favorites to bring up, at least. Over battle <laughs> as a mountain climbing simulation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the Price is Right meets Ogre Battle? 
groups of four mountain climbers going up along the mountain and different routes that you could choose and they were encountering monsters that were basically the physical incarnation of things like um hypoxia and landslides <laughs> and cre crevices black ice altitude sickness and then a whole host of undead things that were basic that were the remains of former mountain climbers mm. let's see uh Yeah. Okay. We should probably hit at least a couple more questions, and the night uh, the night walk wanders on. So, uh, number one twenty six. What really happened between the seventh and eighth gen that made more Japanese developers release their games on PC? Uh, the consoles became PCs. That's about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, There's a greater it, equivalence between the console um, technology and the PC technology. Yeah, I mean, they like we went from like a lot of Japanese developers targeted their games at PS3 in that generation, and that meant that uh, porting it to literally anything else was a giant pain in the ass. Uh, so anything that was not guaranteed to be a huge money maker for making that port suddenly stopped being a priority to make that port. Uh, like that, that's kind of a big part of it and then the ps4 and xbone came out and those are some of two of the most similar consoles that have ever been released i think they are primarily uh separated by the xbone has significantly lower memory bandwidth and a slightly differently uh, they are two different processors by the same manufacturer in the same line i don't think that they're that different but yeah, those those were already both extremely similar to each other, and they were both x86 uh, like processor derivatives, which made them very similar to a modern PC. So it suddenly made perfect sense to port things to PC because, frankly, it did not uh, for the amount of extra cost it incurred, it was almost guaranteed to make its money back. And that was a big deal when, as games get more expensive, and they have only gotten more expensive. Uh, are there any Japanese games that only released the PC port in the West? I think there's at least a few where I've heard of, like, because, like, even now, Steam is still not a big deal in Japan. Super Robot Wars 30. Yeah. I don't know if that came out in on Japanese Steam. I've not checked. But... Well, it was the question was only came out on Steam in the West. Uh, yeah, on, that only released the PC port in the West. That's uh... yeah. Okay, so I don't know if there is a Steam release of it in, in Japan either. <laughs> okay, I slightly misunderstood that, but it did only come out on Steam in the West. Yeah, that is a case where we only got the Steam version in the West for reasons that honestly baffle me. But whatever. Uh, you have a complete localization. I don't know why you wouldn't release a digital version on PS4 and Switch. That doesn't make any sense to me. But I'm sure it makes sense to them for some reason. Uh, honestly, it might even be some complicated tangle of the console rights to the games were sold, but not the PC versions. What's that? 
I was just saying hello to Heavy and shit. Ah, gotcha. Hello, Heavy. But yeah, uh, off the top of my head, uh, I, I don't think that guy can keep <coughs> on track of the uh, Steam PC store to say for certain if there are any major games that were released on I, I don't have Japanese. A yeah, thought so. So, yeah, it's it's just it's it's still not a huge deal in Japan. <laughs> it's now a niche that is worth serving much more so to them. So that's what we get. Um, I and I mean I'm looking at my Steam library and I'm just like, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we would we would have to actually go digging through uh, Japanese Steam, and it would be probably just a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, the, but maybe I mean, the only one I really like know one hundred percent for sure was SRW thirty. One twenty seven. In your opinion, what's the logic behind putting a download code for a game in a full size physical box? At that point, the publishers could have saved money by only printing a gift card. It's even weirder if the download code is put into a collector's edition, like. Sonic Mania. Uh, I think the thing about this is twofold. One, it's probably to some degree a misunderstanding of people who like physical cases. I think that there is like a failure to understand that they they like the physical game that goes in the physical case right. probably as much as, if not more so. So like the thought process of well, like these people like the physical games, so yeah. we'll just give them a box with their download like code. Like a shiny like copy of Scott Pilgrim. Yep. In any case, uh, so that's that's or probably part of it. But I... this weirdo release of Dark Souls with the DLC on PS3 many, that didn't come out these, in the US apparently. These damn things did you buy? <sighs> it's not important. You really want the answer to that? Or yeah, we don't want it. Or this collection of the entirety of Sonic Boom, a wonderful cartoon. Okay, I'm gonna. Con- that's. That's not a game, first of all. Second of all, that's the, that collection, they didn't give you like a download code in a box in that. I have no idea what you're talking about now or why. I'm just grabbing random things that happen to be near me. Or this magic, okay, I this deck of magic cards. I'm officially cutting you off because I'm going to actually make a semi-cogent point. Uh, the, the other thing about this is the gift card section is a much smaller section with with much less self shelf space. And the whole point of these boxes is to give them shelf presence so that people who don't know what the game is are aware it exists. Shelves are ads. And yeah. having boxes on shelves is an important part of advertising. Yeah, because, you know, it's easier to stand out as a larger box on a shelf than it is as a much smaller gift card on a shelf. Yeah, which gets put into like a small place where people, those gift cards are not typically where people go looking for like a specific product. They're usually looking for currency. So putting your game there is honestly putting it in front of eyes who are not interested in it as much. Although, uh, admittedly, I have, I was at uh, Walmart just the other day and their Switch section is kind of just. Half of it's gift cards and half of it's cases. Yeah. 
I mean, that's helped it just by virtue of the sheer volume of them means that, you know, you're going to see more of that. But, you know, especially for a very long time when this practice was at its height, uh, this was very much a case of these gift cards are often shunted into another aisle. Uh, but the other thing I was going to say about it uh, is, yeah, just, you know, you, you, you kind of need these things to exist in a space where eyes can see them because like the, i mean that's the whole reason like those gift cards end up happening is discoverability is an unsolved problem on uh like digital storefronts like so much of how new games manage to manage to work and like the the way that we considered media to operate in sales for decades was you like eventually the old stuff goes away you have to buy new stuff to replace it and that's not the case anymore on digital storefronts and that's horrifying because it means that you're that as a storefront matures you're not just competing against the new games you're competing against a library of thousands and thousands with no real way to make yourself stand out in this library of thousands thousands except for whatever you can convince whoever runs the storefront to do to put you on the front which is a space that has maybe 50 games tops so uh like anything to get you mind share outside of the digital storefront itself is incredibly important Uh, here's here's one we've probably all got some regrets for. What is the uh, worst kind of collector's item? It's for me, it's pins. So you can't display them yep. easily, like statue, uh, statues. And I don't uh, love my games that much to wear them on my clothes. Uh, I have so. I have had so many collector's editions with pins, and I don't know what the hell to do with them. <sighs> that is so what I, they're for. I got a nice bag full of little uh, can badges that I picked up from Tokyo Game Show years ago, and I use them for decoration sometimes. The, the cute little things. Um, I'm I'm going I'm going to sound really silly with this one, and I know it. And everyone probably oh, is no. going to be like, "Yeah, why didn't I think of that?" Mm -hmm. The stupid punching puppet from Lunar One. <laughs> Listen, only one person did that, so it's fine. Yeah, the galleon punching puppet. It's still not a good. I mean, it's unique. It stands out, but it is really bad because it, it's it's there's no easy way to display it. Like even the pins, you can you can get like a corkboard or something. You know, display them that way if you want. You know, there is a, there is a way to do it, but mm -hmm. the pu the punching pu Judy puppet. Galleon punch and puppet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a punching duty. Um, that's what the actual type of puppet that is is called, a punching duty. And hmm. it's it's not easy to display. It It's kind of unwieldy. And let's just face it, it's just kind of bad. Is it, like, fun and awesome at the time? Yeah, because, you know, they were selling it to kids, and kids think that those things were probably fun. But it's it's not a, it's not a good collector's edition item. Also, big call out to the cloth map that smells like shit for some reason. <laughs> I like the concept of a cloth game world map, but the, they smell awful, and I don't want to know why. 
Something about the way they're manufactured is concerning. Reasons. Um, okay, I'm I'm remembering a bit of an item that I got from a Tokyo Game Show. It was basically head of this Korean smart pad game uh, here um, or something, Hero Square. It was the head of mm. the main character on a stick. That's a weird choice. Huh. The thing is, I've gotten so much mileage out of this thing in my children's lessons. Um, mm. just he, He's a character. He's, he's the hero, but he's scared of everything, so I use him for all the Halloween lessons where he is scared of the witch, he's scared of the cat, he's scared of this, he's scared of that, and it works really well. Yeah. I could probably make use of that punch and ju- um, that punch doll too. Oh, <laughs> as a teacher, I have uh, as a uh, I'm not a teacher, but you know because you are a teacher, I could guarantee you could find out a use of anything in this world. Oh not, yeah, not because you need to, but because sometimes as a teacher you need to be able to be flexible in how you teach because not all children learn the same way. Or, as in one case, the lesson for B verbs and past tense and future in the book involved tadpoles and caterpillars, and all the little elementary school girls were just like, ew, yuck, don't want to look at it. So I ended up converting <coughs> the lesson to run on Pokemon cards. <laughs> and it worked so well that I kept doing it afterwards. Nice. So I, I have over 700 Pokemon cards at this point, all of the monster cards. <laughs> <laughs> for this particular kind of lesson, and I have done—I have even done it with junior high school students. They love it. Perfect. Yep. Uh, the thing I was going to say—I I remember. Raise your teaching skills, Michael. <laughs> Way back in the day, uh, in, in their in the height of the PS2 era's nonsense. I would read about, like, the strangest things being included in limited edition PS2 games in Japan. I seem to... um, Like, I really wish I had grabbed the uh, special edition for Metal Max 2 Reloaded, because it had a mug in the shape of an oil can. Oh, that's... uh, I'd drink Unless you've played the series enough to realize that whoever designed this game originally just really loved oil drum cans. (laughs) <laughs> running joke in the games. I did get the special edition for Metal Max 4 with the manga. Nice. It was actually cool. Yeah. Like, often, oftentimes those would contain, like, uh, frankly, kind of hideous uh, sculpted, hideous sculpted statues and shit. Uh, still do sometimes yeah yeah i seem to recall one of the one of the more like absurd ones came with like a miniature bicycle hmm. but yeah just, just real dopey shit uh but yeah like that that was that was a that was a choice that was a series of choices but yeah like you you would get these these kinds of things, but those, those are non-general. Uh, I'm always of two minds with. Uh, you'll sometimes see things uh, just about anything coming with stickers, because at the same time, I like stickers, but I also like feel bad when I stick them places. So I'm <laughs> always at a crossroads with them. Yeah. 
They're too Problems ephemeral. They get used. Yeah. So instead, I do something stupid like frame them. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a collector's edition come with a record. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You could be the next DJ at a party. Hmm. No. You know, scratch that record. I'm not oh, recommending you do this. <laughs> uh, remix some Hyper Dimension Neptunia beats. Because that's uh, what it was I from. Don't, <laughs> I don't think that there's a party that wants both a DJ and Hyper Dimension Neptunia beats. Um, I know people. It sounds like a challenge. It doesn't sound like the sort of people who get together at a party to listen to a DJ. Uh, sounds like a challenge. Sounds like a bad challenge. Um, well, I didn't say it was a good it, challenge. Yes, correct. I wanted to bring up one of these, but uh, sticks I'm out. I'm laughing over here. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to bring up one of these uh, that uh, always will live forever in my head. Uh, so, back when Persona 4 came out on PS2, there was no meaningful understanding of how much, uh, how many Persona tchotchkes people were willing to purchase at that time. So in addition to the vanilla game, which came with half the soundtrack and uh, the game, you could go to Amazon and purchase the Persona 4 S-Link edition, which was basically the contents of a limited edition box sold separately without the game. It had the other half of the soundtrack, it had a teddy plush, it had a, a, a calendar, and it had a shirt with, I believe, Yukiko's uh, persona design on it. That shirt came in size tent. <laughs> I have never met a human being that that shirt would fit. I know a guy. I'm still... I, I'm, forgive me to have my doubts. It is one of the largest shirts I have ever seen. Would this guy also enjoy some remixed hyperdimension uh, <laughs> Neptunia? We can, can fit two things with one person. <laughs> two great tastes. One grow great together. But yeah, like it was one of the largest shirts I have ever seen in my life. I could not, like, even if I'd wanted to, I could not possibly wear it. It went down, it was, it was gigantic, and it went down to my knees. How tall are you? Uh, a little less than six feet, maybe six feet, depending upon how you're measuring. Okay, so, so, so somebody, at... somebody looked at the etymology of t-shirt and realized it was based off the word tunic and then took that completely the wrong way. <laughs> so, so it would hang down to about my mid-thigh, got it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big shirt, it's a big shirt. It is designed for the it is like anime paraphernalia for the big and tall and the and only the big and tall. It was fascinating. It did not. There was no sizing customization on that. It, there was. It was just one size, or and I'm sure that's really why. Big. Yeah, like I'm sure that like I'm sure that there was uh, that their thought process was essentially making it too small is way worse than making it too big. But yeah. it was. It was a very large shirt. Uh, so when dealing with clothing, you want to deal with the largest common denominator. 
the hope is that uh, those who are dissatisfied will shrink it in the wash. Except it's but, yeah. shrunk <laughs> There's there's only so much that pre that shrinking it in the wash can do though. <laughs> there is. It's really it really would not have helped much. Not I never wore it. I basically just no. I basically just let it sit in the closet. I enjoyed the teddy plush. I think Wheels was jealous of it for a period. I still am. <laughs> I have a, I have three different Shin Megami Tensei plushes, which feels weird to me. I have two, I have and plushes. I wish it was three. Because <laughs> I have the, I have the Raiho plush, I have the the teddy plush, and I have the Morgana plush. So. Oh, I do have three. The most I can say I, do is have three, I still actually. have two copies of the book from Nionokuni. Nice. I forgot to get the. What's the third one you have, Wales? Uh, the dog from that came with the collector's edition of Persona Q2. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. I never even realized that. You want to trade? No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Damn. I don't care about the Persona Q2 dog. I know. Well, it's the Persona <laughs> 3 dog. Oh, Kodomaru. That's, yeah. that's cute, at least. I can yeah, see someone see? wanting to do yeah, that. Yeah. But I don't like Persona 3 that much, so... Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> it's not Kara's fault, but yeah. Okay. <coughs> hey. uh, oh, yeah, there was that brief period... It's not going to combine two questions. There was that brief period where, like, Five different sets of games gave me uh, either playing cards, tarot cards, or both. Oh, uh, yeah. I have a lot of those. <laughs> I got a Tactics Ogre set that was pretty nice. Uh, okay. That came with the P PSP Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together. Yeah, I got those. Didn't one of the Lunar ones come with it? Didn't Lunar 2 come with deck? Maybe? Uh, yeah, I didn't. What? I was never able to get a hold of Lunar Oh, Growlancer Generations did. Oh, that makes more sense, yeah. I finally uh, gave up and just took some of those like um, playing cards and just like took them and put them in a bot card binder. It's like, I'm never going to play with these. Might as well display them somewhere. Yeah, I think my kids got to the Growlancer ones and they're now let's not I will make people cry. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear it. But, uh, I think uh, I I do remember the one of the few things that ever spurred me on to uh, purchasing something that I might have otherwise waited on was uh, Persona Q and Persona Four Ultimax. If you like pre-ordered them, you both you got half of the uh, Persona Four looking deck uh, tarot deck, like with those designs on it. So you had to get both of you had to pre-order both of those to get the full deck, and I did. Uh, it's deck. not the full deck. It's technically just the major arcana, but not the joke I was aiming for. But okay. Oh, what were you saying? I'm gonna say so. You're finally playing with the full deck. Okay. <laughs> Sadly, no. I'm merely playing with all the major arcana. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think the worst thing that I owned uh, was that uh, I found. I think it was. It was like a 360 copy uh, that was like heavily marked down to like $15 of the limited edition of Record of Agress War Zero. Oh, God. Oh. And it was marked down to hell and back, and I was like, haha, owning that is funny. So I bought it, and it came with a deck of playing cards. And basically, and what did I ironically? 
if, if yeah, it basically. makes you feel better, I bought the first August Wars. Legit. That game's horrendous. Oh, it's, it's all of them are. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't I, think I, have I, a full review of any of them on the site. I remember there was Please a period. Try. There, yeah, yeah there was a period try. where like people would try and it would destroy them. They would not be able to finish. And that happened for multiple attempts at Agarest War, multiple attempts at Agarest War Zero. They're all that horrendous. It is baffling to me that we got to three Agarest War games before someone gave up. Yeah. I, I think there's four of them. It's their fourth? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check this. I'm just imagining that, like, next Nintendo Direct, we're gonna get, like, Agarest War Collection, and I'll die. Yeah, there's Generation of uh, Agarest Generation War, Agarest Generations of War 2, Agarest Generations of War 0, and Record of Agarest War Marriage. I don't know. Oh, I think that's, like, an iOS game or some shit. I'm on Steam looking at it. Oh, no, God. Mariage was a full release. I remember that one. Ugh. Oh, yeah, it, does, it only has one R. That's weird. Because they yeah, use I mean, the, everything they, like, about those is weird. Yeah, yeah. And Matt, reason... by Agarest series complete set bundle. That's maybe the worst use of $35 or $70 when not marked down. Jesus. I would honestly like. I would honestly recommend lighting your money on fire instead. <laughs> you will at least not be tempted to throw time after money in order to try to make up the misery you have <laughs> imposed upon yourself. By the way, looking at these release dates. We're probably set soon for a new one. Oh, no, stop. I beg of you no, bad. to shut the fuck up before you will it to existence. Anyways, going back to, to the thing, I actually bought the first one. Legit. I was actually kind of excited for it. I was like, ooh. It's that not the RPG. worst idea. You got Tactic well, Battle. Like, hey, it's got... an RPG. It's a, you know, something for my 360. I don't have a lot of games for it, so... Go pick it up. Can't so, be any worse than Operation Darkness. Which I also <laughs> own. Oh, yeah, I fit, that's, that's why I was trying to hurt you. <laughs> I think I got three maps in when a landmine destroyed one of my characters and I, uh, that was hidden by snow and there was no... You knew there were landmines on the map, but there was no way you knew where they were. So It's kind of the point of landmines, but... That why? also is why most tactical RPGs don't have you negotiate with landmines. Yes, and so I was Better like, oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to hide behind this telephone pole. Landmine blows up my character. I'm like, I'm, I, I literally turned the game off right then and there and have not touched it since. And that Operation was Darkness released. is absolutely one of those games that, like, the second you hear about it, it's like, that sounds amazing. Then you play it, and it's like, this is horrendous. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I actually had a... You remember... Um, you remember when we put out the review for it and somebody actually came in from GameFAQ to argue why it was actually a great game. That's GameFAQ for you. And there was this small flame war on the forums for like a few days where it's like this guy was touting his credentials at being great at 
um, strategy games, including like I think he quoted Thrakia six six seven things like that. And everyone Jeez. was just like, "Sure, dude, whatever." Yeah. I'm glad that you found your Grognard game of choice, but at the same time, like that doesn't change how the reviewer felt about it. Uh, I, 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 I vaguely remember it. that because I was one of the people that was like, "Dude, I played this. I got blown up by a landmine hidden in snow." right behind a telephone pole that I was going to use for cover. That is complete and utter BS. Arbitrary. So anyways, going back. Um, yeah, so I actually, but to this day, I use that booby mouse pad every day. That's, 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 uh, that's how you keep your wrists intact in these harsh times and these harsh climbs. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't even use this for, I don't even use the wrist rest part because of the, um, I don't actually need it. <laughs> I, I if you ever see uh like me hold up just a middle finger you will understand why of how because i have very uh, skinny hands so uh, i actually my wrists actually rest very natural on a desk so i don't hmm. need the extra support because of how long my fingers are spindly very evolution in action <laughs> You have Perfect started for manual dexterity. PC environment. <laughs> I Apex Maybe. Predator. I mean, I was using PCs ever since I was four. The PC Apex Predator. But, uh... I'm a shitty gamer, yeah. but... Eh. That's, that's not all it's cracked up to be, anyway. Uh... I... Do, 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 oh, do, 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 okay, I'm gonna have to... Well, wheels one again, and I need to probably get to bed relatively soon. <coughs> oh, yeah, it is late. Yeah. Wait. We, we got off onto tangents about the collector's editions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, Operation Darkness. Oh, collector's editions. Oh, ugh. look at this stream. Look at this. It's beautiful. I can't see it from the RP Gamer stream. It's beautiful. Just tell me what it is, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, it's the Scott Pilgrim thing. Nice, nice. Hold on, hold okay. on. I'll open it up and then you can hear it. What? what? Gaijin, tell us about princesses and pizza parlors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're running out of time. Yeah, so, yes. Uh, princesses of the pizza parlor available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, plus multiple paperback editions and collections. Um, basically, if you enjoy tabletop ro role-playing games, if you like playing them, if you like watching other people play them, and Apparently that is a really big genre of podcast and video casting nowadays. Um, and you just prefer dead tree format to watching people <laughs> pretend to have bad accents. Well, you can read about people pretending to have bad accents instead, because I've got at least one character who you would just not believe the accent I ended up giving this guy. Um, <laughs> Enjoy the so, phonetic spelling. Hey, I mean, if the character is described in narrative as having the worst French accent possible and then all the players end up taking turns trying to outdo each other and how bad the accent is. Oh lordy. <laughs> yes. Um, well there's your... It was actually possible to understand what this character was mostly saying. Um, But yes, if that sounds like fun, check it out. Michael Yadimizu, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, um, currently episodes one through nine, plus 
um, a paralogue and a couple side quests available in ebook format or four separate paperbacks. Go for it, please. Okay, thank you. Okay, give it a shot. Um, yes. Put some put see. some of that tax rebate money to good use, please. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, let's see. Uh, it's uh, Tam. Uh, you can catch me here on the uh, Twitch.tv slash RP Gamer uh, three days, at least three days a week, uh, streaming RPGs. Uh, I just uh, finished up Parasite Eve, and that is in the collection. Uh, new new nice. personal record at nine and a half hours. And, nice. Uh, it's a brisk game. Uh, world record's like an hour 28. Yeah, it's it's not designed to be as long as some no, other games. It's, it's a it's but it, it is a good game. Oh um, yeah, no, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, there's <laughs> there's some discussion as far as what I will be playing next, and I'm and uh, looks like probably Valkyrie Profile because they announced a new Valkyrie game, and I love Valkyrie so. Nice. Yeah, and then you got to do Silmaria and Covenant of the Plume. Silmaria is okay. Covenant of the Plume. Hmm. I think. I think Covenant of the Plume, Plume owns personally, but it's it just I I can get through the first chapter and after that I just want to like go bury it in a in a ditch somewhere. Well, wow. harsh. And and I can do that. I live in the I live in New Mexico. The the well, the you're gonna go to the ET landfill. ET landfill is not that far from me. <laughs> Don't do it. It's a good game. And really, the, the E.T. landfill is actually not very far away. I know. Oh, no, is. trust me, I know. Uh, there's also a lot of def copies of Defender and Atari uh, 2600 Pac-Man on there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you can check that archived Parasite E playthrough. Do you have any plans for what you'll be streaming next? Valkyrie Profile. Oh, yeah, da da, da. Brain not work. Well, I did try and stream it once before. Um, and then I messed up the playthrough, and I took a break from it, and now I'm going back because it's like Valkyrie Profile. I love Valkyrie Profile. I'm going to play it again. I will. By my side, my noble and hairy are. Just, just call the chat. You're Ein Harry are. It'll be great. But Ein uh... Harry Come to what? me, my Ein Harry Battle awaits. By my side, my noble and hairy Um, but yeah. Come to me, Dark Warriors. Uh, yeah, get used to that. And the entire cast of the original Pokemon dub. Uh, Although the <coughs> profile is actually not bad. Yeah, it's the, it's the original Pokemon cast. They're not bad voice actors. It's just weird to hear them here. <laughs> but yeah, so give that a look. Uh, there's plenty of other good streams happening on the RP Gamer channel as well, but Tam's our special friend, so... Uh, yeah, definitely check uh, and yeah, you can check out everyone. Um, Jock does the uh, S Scar, uh, JC Servant as well. Hmm. So, uh, a lot, and a lot of good content. Yeah, and we even stream on it occasionally, don't we, Wales? Yes, Sunday night shenanigans, which this Sunday will be Persona 4 <coughs> Ultimax. The ultimate ultra suplex hold. Yes. 
Yeah, sorry I missed last week. I, I was asleep. It's all good. That'll happen. Uh, so, for once, we can combine the regular RPG stream and the fighting game stream. Uh, but I won't have Ultimax, so I'll yeah. just be observing and, and heckling. Technically, we could also do it with Dissidia. True. Could, but we could, but we, we could, yeah. but we won't. Yes, that's right, Heavy. Persona 4. Uh, Uh, there guys god bless the ring oh my god uh but yeah uh so catch us on at sunday night typically around midnight eastern uh sunday night going into monday midnight eastern uh 9 p.m pacific uh if you want to catch us during the streaming of this episode recording which happens typically every wednesday again around midnight going into thursday eastern 9 p.m pacific you can we always love to have people in the chat on either twitch.tv slash rpgamer or twitch.tv slash askwheels where we will very occasionally also stream other things and by very occasionally i mean every few nights you'll play some battle royale game i don't care about um and then wow. we'll yell at him that he still has like Resident Evil 7 and 8 to finish. Um, I think there was one uh, night or two where he did uh, Elden Ring recently. Yes. It's true, it's true. That did happen. But uh, yeah, so check those streams out. Uh, you can ask us questions like Dear Friend Fireminer did, as well as uh, the lovely people in Wheels' chat this week did. Uh, but you can ask us questions by entering that chat, as mentioned. Or you can ask them in the Discord. The RP Gamer Discord is a lovely community. Whether you want to ask us questions or not, you can join it by going to RP Gamer and clicking the Community tab. That will take you to the Discord invite. A lot of great people there. Also, all in sundry topics, RPG or otherwise. Uh, lovely place. Highly recommended. Good community. Uh, or you can ask us questions by placing them underneath the... Uh, the, uh, how do you put it? Put, putting them in the comments section underneath this very episode or one of the last few episodes. Uh, to the person complaining that we keep eating on the podcast, very sorry. That's That basically only happens at this stage out of complete failure to realize what we're doing. Uh, also, some of that sounds, some of those sounds that you're hearing may end up actually secretly being me having very slurred speech to begin with. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think some of it too. I've is, been trying um, to cut down on the eating in the middle of the podcast, and it's been helpful that I usually eat lunch before it starts. Uh, so, um, some of it too yeah. is I, I think they were hearing like the water running the last two weeks. It's also because I have to actually wash some dishes at the end here, usually. <laughs> yeah, so I, th I think that was playing a part. Yeah, so there's a lot of sounds. I'll, I'll try to scrub through to see what he was complaining about so that we can have a better chance of averting it in the future. Uh, but yeah, uh, just just to let you know, uh, we, we'll do our, we're doing our level best to try to avoid letting that seep into recording from now, from at this point, but, you know, it, accidents happen. Uh, but yeah, and thank you for the feedback. We appreciate it. Um, but otherwise, uh, I think that means it's time for us to call it quits. Uh, see you, Space Cowboys. See you. Gotcha. Yeah.